Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Hey everyone, what's going on? Uh, we're ready for another episode today. Uh, so today, I want to talk about your gut, but not like your gut health. I want to talk about like trusting your gut. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like there's just so many conversations that I have with clients or potential clients or people who text me or whatever, and they they kind of lay out this scenario. When I read the scenario, the first thing I say to myself is. Well, of course this happened. Like, like, look at the order of events. Look at what this, you know, person was saying to you. Like, there, the the writing was was in the tea leaves. Like, you could have seen it. And I get that. You know, not all of us obviously know exactly what to hear for and exactly what to listen for. But something that we all just inherently have is we have our gut that you just kind of get a feeling or a vibe sometimes, and you just sort of know, right? Like when you're interviewing different people, let's say, to, let's say a contractor to come in and just do some work in your house, right? You're, you don't know how to build a house necessarily. I mean, some of you might, and that's awesome. Uh, most of us probably don't, right? So you get a contractor because they're the person that's going to be organized and doing all this stuff. Um, all of them will kind of have the same skill set, right? They're able to, you know, they know how to build stuff. They have a network of people they can uh, reach out to for their subcontractors. They, uh, they have timelines, they have this, they have that. So what is it when you're interviewing somebody like that that differentiates them for you? How do you know that you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go with this person because of X. The because of X is usually not something super specific that they said. Sometimes it's price, right? Like maybe price is the driving factor. But if you kind of take that out, and you say, okay, let's say price is equal across the board. What is it that's going to make me pick somebody? It's usually like you just kind of like their vibe, right? You kind of like you feel like you're on the same level. They have the same priorities that you do. Uh, you know, they, they've. You just kind of feel like you guys connect. The same thing happens when you're like hiring an employee or something, right? So uh, you know, you interview people. You have all these applications that come in and all these people that went to college and have this amazing background and all this stuff and you do the interview and you hear all the right answers and then you get off and you're kind of like, eh. Or you're like, man, I love that person, right? But if you looked at them on paper, they would probably look very close to the same. So again, what is it the thing that makes you get off the phone and say, eh? Or the thing that has you get off the phone, you're like, man, that person is really, really great. Like, I want this person to be a part of what we're building, right? It's your gut. You know, I get that feeling. So that example is me. Like, when I've interviewed people, sometimes like, man, their stuff just looks so good. But I just, they, they're, they're just not, the vibe isn't there, right? I don't think that they're going to they're gonna fit, you know, what, what we want to do, what my culture is, you know, all that stuff with the company. Same thing happens when you're working with anybody in any capacity. You don't have to own a company. It happens anywhere, right? And so that's the kind of thing to talk about. So I'm going to give a couple examples here um, of things that I've heard. So here's the first thing that I heard from someone. So they were looking to buy a house, right? So this isn't hiring somebody, okay? This is, this is about decision-making, and that's kind of what I want to say here. Like, like It's not about hiring a contractor, hiring a mediator, hiring an inspector. Sometimes it's just about making a decision in life, 
right? And you have your gut feeling on you should do this or you should not do this. You know what I mean? And so this is, this is more one of those decisions. So we were talking about the disclosure statements uh, when they were purchasing this house. They just purchased this house um, and they were talking about it. And the disclosure, the disclosure statement said uh, that water weeps in during excessively heavy rainfalls regularly. Um, that, that was in the disclosure. All right, so take a step back, right? If you're, if you're listening to the show, if you follow Mole Finders, if you know, all these other things that we're getting out there for you guys, I mean, you guys kind of get it, like water damage is bad, right? This isn't, this isn't a, a, a <laughs> you know the word I'm looking for. This isn't like a huge surprise, right? That's not what this is. We get it, water damage is bad. So you're going, you're looking to buy this house, right? You're looking to make this decision. You go in there and there's a disclosure statement that says that basically the house weeps whenever there's rainfall is basically what it says. These are like the words in here, it weeps. Uh, weeps means that it, there, it leaks. There's water coming in the house. That's what weeping means. It makes it sound like it's not as big of a deal. It's a bad thing, water's coming in. And then it was quote, during excessively heavy rainfalls. I mean, how often is there an excessively heavy rainfall? Or is the excessive part just mean that you actually see it on the inside, but every time it rains, it gets into the building envelope and maybe you don't see it, right? Like, like just the wording on these things are so funny. Um, but anyway, so here's the rest of the note from my client. They say the rest of the house uh, looks fantastic, but I'm curious about the basement. They painted the floors and the walls everywhere else in the basement, making it difficult to see cracks where water could potentially be coming from. All right, you tell me, what do you think about this, right? And, and again, this was actually, this was not a client. This was just a random um, uh, note that came in through one of our other uh, uh, platforms. But what would you think about this? You're looking to buy this place, right? You say, okay, well, we know they're disclosing that the house leaks. Here, keep this in mind, guys. Disclosures, like it is not in their best interest to tell you things. If there's anything that they can possibly cover up and not tell you about, they're gonna do it, okay? So if they're disclosing it in the first place, that's already a huge red flag. And then you, you start saying the other things like, I mean, it looks, it looks fantastic. I'm concerned about the basement. What does concern mean? Concern is your gut, right? You're concerned about it. It's your gut telling me that something's, something's off. You know what I mean? And then all this stuff is painted and covered up. So how many times have I talked about like when you buy a house, like these people are going to try to cover everything up so it doesn't look like a big deal. So you got all these check marks that are kind of coming off the board here. But the biggest thing in this is this, the biggest thing in this isn't even the disclosure that they had. The biggest thing is this phrase. It looks fantastic, but I'm still concerned about the basement. Guys, that's your gut. Listen to your gut. If you're still concerned about something and then you have all these other factors that are feeding that concern, you got to listen to that. You know what I mean? And then you have to understand you have two options. One, I'm going to have to invest to fix this thing. Or two, it's a problem I should just walk away, right? If you're in that position where you're still looking to get a place and you're not in yet, then you got to trust your gut on this stuff, all right? And this goes back, let's just kind of play through this a little more. So this goes back to that whole thing about renovated homes and how they can actually be really dangerous. And the reason is exactly what I described. They're trying to flip a home to sell it to you. So I don't know if this is a flip or not, right? But this is just kind of similar to renovated homes. You're trying to sell a house. You're trying to sell anything. You're trying to sell anything. You want to make it look as good as it can possibly look for the other person to buy it. I had, um, uh, my dad passed away a few years ago uh, and he had a car. Uh, you know, I needed to sell the car, right? I didn't have a need for the car. The car had been sitting out for a long time. It was, uh, it was sitting in my grandparents' house. The windows had been cracked because we live in Vegas and so it gets super, super hot. So the windows had been cracked. It's been for like six months or something like that. 
And there was just like a lot of dirt that got in the wind, you know, got into the car through the cracked windows. And I go to the car, the car had like, I don't know, 8,000 miles on it. It was like barely ever driven, super, super good shape. It was just really dirty and gross looking, right? So I had two options. I go just try to sell the car as it is and see what I get for it. Or I go spend, I don't know, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it was to get the car detailed and then go try to sell it. Now, which scenario do you think that I would make the most money, the most profit off of that car? It would be off the second scenario. It would be off of when, when somebody sees the car, they see this clean, good looking car, right? The first impression that someone sees when they're buying something is so important. And that's why in all these real estate shows and every realtor that you talk to in real life, and you're talking about selling your car, they're like, hey, well maybe all you gotta do is paint this and then maybe we stage this room so you know people can kind of see themselves in this room and it looks really nice. And you do these couple little things that are not that expensive, but it increases the value of that thing so much for the potential buyer because when you see something dirty, the first like intrinsic thought that you have is like, oh, if this is dirty and they're not taking care of this, then what else is going on, right? That would be the first thing you think. So they wanna get all that doubt out of your head, right? And you kind of wanna package something as nicely packaged as it can be and that's what you look at, right? That's what they try to sell you. So that's what I did with my dad's car, right? That's the same thing that people are gonna do in houses when they're trying to sell you a house, right? You're going to look at the house. Of course, they're gonna patch things and paint things and do all this stuff, right? So renovated homes, it's just very difficult. You know, the older the home and there's been a renovation, you just, you just don't know really what's happened in that home and things could have been covered up. And then sometimes people don't disclose things because it is covered up and there's really no way for you to know about it. And next thing you know, you're walking into a situation that can be a problem. So I'm not a huge fan on, on older homes that are renovated personally. But again, that goes back to gut. You walk into a house. Again, I can't tell you how many times I have a clients that will come to me. They really want this house to happen. <laughs> like they really want it to happen. Like Brian, we went through the house. We, we even got Mulfinder's method after you inspected our house. And so we used that to go through the other house to, and we kind of knew what we were looking for. And then this really mapped it out for us. And we found, you know, X, Y, and Z and you know, eh, but man, we really love the house in the neighborhood. I'm like, why do you love the house? If it has all these things that are going on, you have to detach the emotional component to this and look at it that way. Guys, when you're talking about your health, you gotta, you gotta kick your emotions to the door and you actually gotta do the logical things that make sense for your health, right? Our emotions and what's best for our health are not always in sync with each other. And that's something that we have to realize. Like you have to think about that. Your emotions want you to do, they want you, they want you, they want this, they want that, they love this, they love that. Your logical self is like, whoa, I mean, sure, it looks cool, but it's completely covered in mold. And I know that my body gets sick when I'm covered with mold. So logically, if I walk into this really pretty place, I'm gonna get really freaking sick. Logically, I shouldn't come here, right? But so many times the emotions, they went out. There's this, uh, this study that I read on how people make purchase decisions. And the very first thing that triggers a purchase decision, the first 50% of people that, that move on any sort of purchase decision, they're doing it because there's some sort of emotional connection that's driving it, right? The logic part of it comes later. This is like this actual study that happens. So people that make decisions, they make the, the majority of people that make decisions make it off of emotional Im, uh, impulse. And then that's where buyer's remorse comes from. So then all of a sudden the logic brain starts coming in. They're like, hey, uh, so we just bought this thing. I know you were like super excited about it, um, but it's gonna cost like 150 grand to fix all this stuff. And oh, by the way, you're gonna feel like crap when you're in here. Like, do we really 
feel like this is the best idea, <laughs> right? Like that's what your logic brain is coming in telling you. Sometimes you can adjust and you can, you can shift on the fly if, if your logic uh, you know, component comes in a little quicker, right? Um, and you could get out of a deal or you could, you could return something as for buyer's remorse comes in, you have a return policy, these sort of things, right? Um, other people, they skip the emotional piece altogether. They're just maybe much more logical thinkers in general and they go straight to the logic piece. There may be some emotion, but it doesn't drive their decision and they're able to look at things a little more objectively sometimes, right? But the, for me, I feel like the gut and again, I, I got nothing supporting this, right? I'm not a psychiatrist or anything. I feel like your gut is your logical brain trying to push through this emotional barrier that's created by all of your emotions. And the only way it could do it is to create some other sort of like physical feeling that you address because apparently you're not, you're not, uh, you're not thinking, right? It's like, okay, I can't hit, I can't hit them through the brain. Their brain is occupied with all the shiny balls and the awesome fun things and they're super excited and the emotions are taking over. I need to figure out a way to kind of snap them out of it, right? I need to figure out a way to get them to get past all of the fun lovey-dovey emotions and imagine themselves somewhere 50 years from now and how beautiful and wonderful it's gonna be and for them to see what's going on. And if I can't make them think about it, then maybe I need to create some sort of physiological reaction that they're gonna feel right? It's all about feelings still, right? So the emotional stuff is feelings. So the, again, I'm just literally, this is just my theory on this. I don't know if there's any science behind this, but you guys tell me if you think it's real. I feel like our logical, rational brain creates a feeling that we feel, which is our gut feeling about something that can help almost like save us from these stupid emotional driven decisions that we make all the time. Um, anyways, that, that's why I want to talk about trusting your gut because I really do feel like your gut, it's so intuitive and we are just, our brains are just so freaking amazing and smart. And I think sometimes they just get sidetracked because our emotions have such a huge impact on our being that sometimes the, the computer portion of what our brain is doing gets overshadowed. It's like second in line for some reason. I don't know why. Um, so think about that when you have a gut feeling. Be like, oh man, my gut is, I just, I just feel like for some reason this whatever is just not what I should do. Or I feel like I really should do this. I can't tell you why. Like, I just feel like I really need to do X, Y, or Z. Just think of that. That's, that's your your rational thinking giving you a physiological emotional trigger to validate what it's trying to tell you and it can't figure out how to tell you that all right so that's that's the big thing that was like the big theme i was wanting to try to get across in this episode listen not every episode is about how to find mold and exactly what to do with it and how you clean it and all this stuff sometimes it's about understanding ourselves and how we can read ourselves or, or affect the way that we think through things to help avoid one of these problems in the future or to help us move beyond a current problem that we're in right now, right? That's just as important as knowing the mechanics on how to find that mold is hiding behind a wall with a water stain on it. Like, sure, you need to know how to do that stuff, right? Um, and, and not even you necessarily, you just need to understand that it has to be done and you could bring us in, you can go through mold finders method, whatever it is, right? But we have to get out of our own ways sometimes and allow ourselves to succeed, you know, allow ourselves to get better, allow ourselves to get in a situation that's going to be a better situation for us. So just remember guys, your gut, 
Again, I'm putting this out like it's fact. I have no idea if this is actually fact, but just take just take my word for it. <laughs> or if you're not going to take my word for it, at least like think about it and understand the concept behind it. Because whatever it is, even if our gut technically is not our rational brain creating a physiological feeling that we feel to bypass our emotions, which overtake everything we do. If that hypothesis is completely stupid and wrong, that's fine. But there is something behind our gut telling us to do or not do something, all right? And so that's what I want you guys to take out of this episode today. Uh, it's a short one, but I think it's a really powerful one. And it's not just for like our current mold situation and stuff like that. This is literally everything in life. This is one of those life lesson things that I've just kind of sat back and sort of like pondered and meditated on and, and trying to understand why I do certain things. I really feel like there's something to this, right? And so that's it, guys. Trust your gut. If you're tying it back to, you know, kind of the environment mold stuff, if you're buying a house and they have disclosures that there's been some sort of massive water issue that happens all the time in a basement and your emotions are like, I don't care, the neighborhood has trees. Like, come on, get past the emotions and listen to your gut because that's what this person, like their gut was telling them. They were concerned about it. Their gut was telling them they were concerned about it. They just weren't listening, right? So um, anyways, that's what I got for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoy the quick little episode. Uh, the next episode that I do, um, I'm really excited for because those of you who are in uh, on the mold phone, the, my text community, um, if you're wanting to get into that, just jump over to um, to uh, the mold finders on Instagram. So it's at mold finders on Instagram. Phone number is there. You could text to the phone number. You'll get into the text community. Um, and uh, for those of you who are in the text community, you know this like little secret that I've uh, secret project that I've been working on. Uh, I just sent it out to you guys about um, I don't know two and a half weeks ago, really been working on it behind the scenes for over six months, trying to put this thing together. It's all focused on Ermi. All I'm gonna tell you, I'm just gonna tease it for you. It's, it's a tool, it's an interpretation tool for your Ermi that finally tells you what it actually means. None of this Ermi score crap that nobody knows what it means. None of these consultants that are just looking at the molds in your Ermis and just saying, well, that mold's bad, so I guess you got this problem, you should figure it out. Like, no, that stuff doesn't help. You actually need to have real interpretation of what to expect in your home, right? Based on your Ermi sample that you did. That's really what we're trying to figure out when we do these Ermis in our homes. Uh, luckily, we have so much data from inspections we've done from all of these years that we've been doing them that actually went back over the last six months and correlated Ermis to all the other inspection notes, testing results, everything else we did in the house and created basically this, this algorithm that allows me to actually share with you uh, a reasonable expectation of what's really going on in your house. Not just, oh, your Ermi score is bad, or oh, you've got this one mold in your house, that's bad, sorry, figure it out. Like that's not enough. <laughs> we actually need to have information to help us drive decisions on what we do next. That's what this whole project was all about. I'm super proud of it. Um, it's gonna be getting pushed out here in the next couple of days. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it's called. I'm not going to tell you anything like that yet. Uh, when it does, I'm going to do a second. Uh, I'm going to do the next episode. I'm going to talk all through how it works and how it was put together and all this stuff, so you guys can really learn about it. But I'm really excited for you guys to check that out. So, um, however, I am releasing it out to the uh, to the Mold Phone Text community first. Okay, so that's why I brought that up. So if you want to get to it first, and if you have an army that you just took, or you want to look at one that you did, you know, a little while ago, and get a feel for what's going on. 
Um, if you are in the mold phone community, the mold finder sex community, I am going to be telling you guys about it first. So I sent out an initial text about it. Like I said, a few weeks ago, uh, lots of people responded. They wanted to get it. So we're going to roll out to them first, make sure that, you know, everything is, is working well and everything. And, and then once we get that done, then we'll bring it out. So if you want to get on there first, uh, text me at the mold phone. Um, you can just text Ermi, just text Ermi to the mole phone and you'll get put on the, uh, I want to know your secret Ermi project list. <laughs> um, and then I also share like other things I'm doing, uh, first with the community too. I'm working on all these other projects behind the scenes. Um, and the mole phone community is going to get it before anybody else does. So that's the deal. If you want to text and get in there, you can get all that stuff first. All right. That's what I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 